Aloha and welcome. Welcome to Global Connections. I'm your host, Carlos Juarez, and I'm joined today by a special friend, a colleague of mine here at uh, the University of the Americas Puebla in Mexico, Dr. Mohamed Adin Eliatiwi. Uh, now, Mohamed, welcome and welcome back to Global Connections, and thank you again for joining me. Uh, today we have a topic we're going to explore that really doesn't get a lot of attention in the international community. Uh, the media, uh, partly we have a lot of other things happening in the world, but it's a, it's a crisis that's been unfolding for quite some time, a number of decades now. It is in northwest Africa, basically the western Sahara region. Uh, and uh, I wanted to maybe provide initially some of the context, but maybe as we continue understanding this issue, you know, how does it reflect, I guess, either the challenges of uh, these kind of uh, separatist movements, uh, you know, multi-ethnic, multiracial uh, societies, we're talking about Morocco uh, and more specifically the Western Sahara, where there's a region that has been under some dispute for a while, uh, and there's been a movement now, right, uh, almost approaching 40 years, known as the Polisario a Front, uh, that is trying to seek, I guess, a, a separate state or, or some independent. Uh, so before I add any more to that, uh, maybe uh, let me stop and have you give us a quick snapshot. What is this issue of, uh, well, we're calling it, you know, in some ways it, it deals with uh, terrorism and, and organized crime, because uh, like many uh, of these national liberation movements, they kind of go through changes and they become different actors. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the context about what we're talking about here. It's what's the Sahara. We have, of course, Morocco that borders uh, Mauritania to the south. It has Algeria to the east and south of the European continent. Uh, but what is going on here? And uh, um, tell us a little bit to inform our, our listeners about it. First of all, thank you for the invitation. Thank you very much. So, what is really interesting in this case, we have a conflict that is going since uh, 44 years, yeah. and uh, in a region who is not uh, talking a lot about it. Because yeah. we can see that this conflict, in reality, is a conflict of the decolonization of Africa, mm -hmm. a conflict of the of Cold War, who is continuing yeah. uh, 27 years, 38 years after the end of the Cold War. So so it's, in some ways, it's a legacy of that. And it hasn't been resolved. It has its roots, obviously, in both the decolonization, uh, uh, the process that unfolded after the 60s and just continued, but also the Cold War end, and that it remains kind of a, an issue. It's the legacy of the Cold War and the legacy of colonialism. Um, the Sahara was the Spanish Sahara mm -hmm. in the end of the 19th century, in 1975. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, it was a Moroccan territory. And all the debate is that in 1973, the Polisario was created as a movement of liberation of the Sahara against the Spanish. Okay. And in 1976, after the Green, Green March, when Morocco recuperated the Sahara to the Spanish, the March organized by the King Fatim Southern, and Morocco recuperated to the Sahara, that this was the Polisario. One year after Mauritania create the RAP, the Republic Arabic Sahrawi Democratic. So, at issue here, you've got a country that sort of proclaims its own independence, actually gets recognized by a number of other countries, right? Uh, yes, of all places, and then a number of other uh, different uh, actors throughout the world. But basically, it's a contested one because not everybody, and yet it does have so one of these very. Right, the UN recognized the RAP, but the UN did not. Oh, and, uh, it's really interesting yeah. because we have each year, each year a lot of countries who recognize this uh, mm -hmm. representation and now not. So it's, it's interesting because we are leaving the legacy of the 70s and the 80s. 
we had the evolution of Maxwell Group, a huge Maxwell Group, yeah, yeah. who was uh, financed by Libya with Gaddafi, yeah, the old Libya, of Libya with Gaddafi, and by Algeria. Mm. Algeria is one of the main actors of the situation. Algeria, the government of Algeria, who made the end, who was the foreign state mm. at this moment, are appealing the Polisario. But they didn't want to participate to the negotiation. We didn't have nothing to do with that. We didn't have any relation. But the reality is that they have a relation, a really close relation. And what is interesting is that in 1975 to 1991, there was a conflict between the Polisario and the Moroccan army in 1991. And the UN in 1991, they did also, they wanted to have a fire. And this is today. But all the problem of the discussion is that Algeria is saying the, Sahara, the Western Sahara needs not a referendum of auto determination. Well, Morocco is saying it's not possible. Because Morocco at the beginning accepted the idea of the referendum of auto determination, but it was not possible to have an agreement about who can participate. So the the of Morocco, of the King Mohammed VI, the son of Hassan Sudan, is to say we have, we're going to propose an autonomy in 2008. So they would remain an integral part of Morocco, but have that relative autonomy in that unified. A relative autonomy yeah. inside the Kingdom of Morocco. But I think it's all the idea. You've already touched on the reality here. It's one of these complex issues that has a lot of different players Algeria, perhaps the legacy of Libya, which of course Gaddafi now is in a you know, different form of chaos, but it has a, an impact, uh, or it obviously had a role in the early days. Moreover, this early, uh, this was known as the Polisario, this uh, movement uh, begins the Marxist-inspired, as you mentioned, uh, the national liberation movement. Um, you know, we live in an age now, in the post-Cold War period, where we often see a lot of emphasis on issues of ethnicity, identity, separateness, uh, sovereignty. Uh, and here, again, it's an ongoing example. You describe how, on one hand, this, uh, this was known as uh, uh, Sadr, the, the uh, Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic. So this is a region of, essentially, Western Sahara, part of what Morocco would say is Morocco, that is declaring itself independent. And it gets recognized by a number of states, I think 40 or something, um, including the Africa Union, which is a regional organization representing you know, African countries, not the United Nations. So it's kind of, you know, uh, inconsistent, complicated, many players. Uh, and, uh, of course, this group, uh, this group known as the Sahrawi, what, what could you tell us quickly about them? Uh, because, like so many groups, they're probably spread across borders as well. So, if you are talking about the Sahrawi population, the Sahrawi population is Mauritania, Morocco, Nigeria, and a lot of countries. Yeah. So, the creation of the Sahrawi population, the creation of the Spanish people, because the Spanish government, before to leave the country, they didn't accept the idea of a recuperation of the territory by Morocco. So they promoted the Sahrawi identity. Okay. okay. So, so some of it is the void that, you know, that Spain, which used to have claim over this area as a colony, suddenly wants to kind of define those terms. So Morocco, meanwhile, is saying, well, wait a minute, this is part of our country now. Uh, and so you've got uh, pushing identity issues uh, to create this new separate republic that is not recognized either by the UN or by Morocco. What is really interesting is to see that a lot of countries who recognize this 
Now, again, this book. In Latin America, who is recognizing this book? Cuba and Venezuela. In Mexico. But you have Cuba and Venezuela. Because the Marxist group, historically, but as the Wall Street Journal told me last Sunday, we had an evolution of this group in 15 years. We had the implementation of terrorist methods of one part of this group, and it's a more organized crime because we know that, for example, the European Union, a lot of NGOs are pulling this uh, polisario, yeah. and we have corruption, we have arms traffic, we have drug traffic, and since years old, we have the constitution of terrorist attacks, not only against the Moroccan army, but against, for example, in the 80s, beginning in the 80s, with the use of terrorist attacks against the Spanish workers in the Sahara. A lot of Spanish groups, Spanish companies, had contracts with the Sahara, and they used terrorist attacks against them. So, it's a Marxist group. As it falls, and, and, and like often like happened, uh, you, you had this similar like the FARC in Colombia, who began with you know ideological focus and then and, and, you know inspiring a revolution, you know inspired by the Cuban Revolution, supported by external actors. But over time, a lot of these problems of morphing into essentially uh, uh, extortion and, and organized crime, and, and essentially then using organized uh, tactics that would be labeled terrorist by other groups, and so. It's interesting because we, we associate acts of terrorism primarily with the, the Gulf region, the Middle East, uh, and here's a region kind of far remote from that, far western uh, North Africa, uh, and, and yet it remains a bit of a hotspot. Uh, you've got a number of players, outside actors. Tell us a little bit about the context of maybe what, what you described a little bit, which is in more recent years it's been evolving now to become maybe a potential threat. I mean, who is that risk there, or, or who is maybe supporting the different interests? So what is interesting is that in the Sahara and the Sahel, we have a lot of terrorists. One of the most famous is the Acme, Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, mm -hmm. who is, uh, in reality, the Algerian GSPC of the civil war of Algeria, who changed its name in yeah, yeah. 2007, and it's the color of their exactly. And they are part of the Al-Qaeda connection. But it's really interesting to see that uh, members of the Polisario and young members of the Polisario now uh, are close of ISIS, are close to ISIS and to ACNI, because we have not only the same ideology, Salafist uh, ideology, but we have to the connections between organized crime. And it's interesting because Sahara and Sahel uh, is one of the regions of the world where, the, where you have a lot of connections between organized crime, the trafficking, uh, human etc., and terrorist groups. And in one group, you can have both. So it's really interesting to see this evolution of narco-terrorism. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like part of it is a marriage of convenience. Part of it is a marriage of, you know, basically, you could say either ideology or what they do. And it's interesting, you know, we look uh, at, you know, this is a region that's obviously been under contestation for some time. But now, in this more recent era, you have the use of these technologies that help both connect these groups with others, uh, with shared interests, uh, social media, uh, but also even something as simple as the use of cell phones and, and otherwise satellite technologies that allow them to organize and move. And, you know, it's fascinating to see because this is a part of the world, basically we're talking about the Sahara Desert, where the borders are not so 
clearly defined. There's not, a, not necessarily a big, uh, obvious uh, river or mountain that, 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 that separates it. And yet, there are clearly is an understanding of who you know who this belongs to, who that. Uh, but here, this region still finds itself under dispute. It's a complicated region because we have the war in Libya, 2011, in 2013, the war in Mali, really close from the Sahara, and really close from the Algerian Sahara and the Moroccan Sahara, and from Mauritania. And we have an instability in Mauritania since 30 years. So it's really complicated. And so the debate today is to see if the international community, the UN, can accept the constitution and the creation of the new state in this region. Morocco yeah. said it's impossible for two reasons. For the historical reasons, Morocco considers it's part of its territory, and for security reasons, because you will have narco state, you will have terrorist state uh, close to Morocco, its borders. And in Africa, so it will be a really big problem. That's why the Wall Street Journal said that the Trump administration wants to have a solution to this conflict, which is since 40 years old. And a lot of the members of the Trump administration are saying that the independence is not a solution. It can be, it can't be a solution because it will create new problems in a region that has a lot of problems. So the only one. Solution, viable solution, is autonomy. Yeah. Is autonomy. And, and it is essentially keeping it within the territorial integrity of Morocco, yes. allowing it some yes. measure of autonomy. What is proposing Morocco and the King uh, Mohammed uh, is, is to have representatives of the Sahara population in the national parliament, okay? more another parliament in the Sahara, a local parliament. Yeah. And to have an autonomy of a culture, a language, and a lot of education, a lot of things, but to have respect the sovereignty of Morocco, the defense or in affairs of Morocco. Yeah, yeah. But all the local life and the, the life with education, health, yeah. etc., it will be the Sahari, Sahari will be the uh, main actors. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that. Uh, this conflict is during since 40 years old, and we have Algeria not proposing nothing. The Polisario is saying we want to create a state. And what is really interesting is that the Polisario is saying we are democracy. But it's a unique party, like all the Marxist yeah. uh, groups. It's a unique party. You don't have any uh, election in the party. The leader, Brian Gaddy, a leader who have a lot of problems with the Spanish justice for human rights, they sort of abusing, mm -hmm. and you have uh, a double speech. They say they are democrats, but they don't want to participate in local elections or to national elections in Morocco. Mm -hmm. So it's something really strange. Yeah, yeah. In 2019. And, and again, here, it's interesting because we live in a time in the world now where most of the world, we could say, has been sort of carved up and decided, and, and yet there are, like this one, a number of places where there are still some issues to be resolved, and, and this place has had a number of different peace initiatives, brokered, uh, the United Nations, uh, in different occasions, other you know, regional players. Uh, I think it, it, it shows us the challenge of these very complex, multi-party, multi-ethnic uh, issues that are not easy to resolve uh, because there are different interests. 
what about this group itself, this uh, this uh, Sahrawi Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic is one thing. Is the ethnic group itself spread beyond that, or is it concentrated just in that region itself? So what is really interesting is that the members of the Polisario are living in Tindus, Algeria. And let's say they have like safe haven of protection there. What happened is that a lot of the population, the Moroccan Sahrawis, are living in the Moroccan Sahara, in Layoun, Mara, and Basaya, and Bulgur, and Zahla. But one part of them are in Tindus, and the leaders of the Polisario are in Tindus. And if one Sahrawi says, I want to come back to Morocco, it means that we have a, a biggest rich problem for them. So, the members of Polisario are flying with an Algerian passport. So, it's really interesting to see that. And it's really interesting to see that these people, I think that we represent the Sahrawi, didn't accept any election to see who represents the Sahrawi. Morocco is saying, you can have a local parliament. You will have free elections. They are saying we are the only representatives of the Sahara. It's really interesting. The other part is that a lot of people are living for example, in Nayel. They are not from the Sahara history. From the part of Morocco, the Bolivia is saying that we don't want that these people stay in this region because it's only for the Sahara. So it's a really close uh, vision of the identity. Really interesting to see that because we have an international movement who have the benefit of uh, Venezuela, Cuba, all the international revolution. But in reality, it's a movement who is uh, defending the notion, the notion of identity, the identity really strange in uh, the 21st century. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. And again, here, it just underscores the complexity of the history. Uh, a protected conflict that has many different actors and players. It has, a, like everything, a historical context. You cannot understand this without going back to understand what role the Spanish had as a, a previous colony. Morocco, as it establishes itself as a new state, uh, or, you know, redefining its territorial borders, uh, and then these other neighbors that have been players from Algeria, even Mauritania, with its own problems, of course. Yeah, now, as an issue of the Cold War, I mean, what if any, what uh, legacy or impact is, is played out there, and maybe more specifically, are there, there an influence from other outside actors? I mean, in the old days, it was the Soviet Union, U.S., everything played out that way. But in more recent times, uh, so at the historical level, we have uh, the U.S. who are defending Morocco, but not so much. Not in reality, was a member of the Security Council who is defending Morocco. And from another part, the Soviet Union was going a lot at Algeria. And today, what we can see that is that France is still defending the Moroccan position. And Russia is not with the Polisario, but they are neutral since a few years. But we have every time this week have Russia defending the autodetermination. Yeah. So the consequences of the Cold War, and we have a big problem because, for example, China in a clear position about this conflict. But what is really interesting is that this conflict divides a lot 
African Latin America and Latin America. So it's really interesting to see that all the left groups or all the left left wing government in uh, Latin America, Cuba, Venezuela, Bolivia, they are defending the police and we can see that the conception of democracy is really strange. Yeah. And uh, what is a, a problem is that, for example, Mexico in 1979 is recognizing this group. So it's a big problem of uh, bilateral relations between Morocco and Mexico. That's a delicate issue. It's, it's a really delicate issue. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that Mexico has been the same position in 
within Islamic regime. So we have this connection in Europe, in Latin America, in Africa, for example, in South Africa, when he was president, was one of the biggest supporters of the police side. Well, yeah, I think as we come to see in this very complex issue, it has many factors that are kind of issues that make it more challenging and protracted. There are many players, many layers happening in different levels. Uh, there's a historical legacy that often is deeply rooted in that. And it reflects, again, the kind of conflict that we see throughout many parts of the world in this post-war period, post-war period, and that is focused on ethnic, on identity, on uh, you know either one group that wants to of, of, of that, or the challenge and ultimately the solution in some places. Look, where do you find a you know a formula that provides a power sharing arrangement, a form of you know relative autonomy? You can have the local parliament and control over culture and everything like that, uh, but allowing larger state in the Morocco to control of the territory, the foreign policy, the anti-terrorism, etc. I think it, it can be the, the best solution because in reality. Morocco can't accept the creation of a new state. Uh, we have the problem of stability of the region, and it's the only solution we can respect the rights of the population and the rights of the state, and also the stability of the region with terrorist attack, organized crime, etc. It's the only one solution because no one proposed it, yeah. only Morocco, and I think the negotiation can. Uh, we need to have a solution. We have uh, a lot of meetings between the Moroccan government and some representative of the police with the UN in Geneva and in New York. And all the UN members say Morocco came with proposition, and the police said no. And when the UN members told the police what do you want? Independence. So we have the same speech since for years. Interesting. Now, we'll close on that, and I thank you for giving us this quick overview, but I'm reminded, actually, it's been a couple of weeks when they announced a um, verdict of uh, a very tragic incident that happened, I think it was some months ago, earlier this year, uh, the gruesome murder of some tourists that were coming from Scandinavia. Uh, I think they were even headed. It was rather gruesome. Was this in any way connected to this time group, or was that something? No. That was up in the no, no, no. part. Yeah, it was an, uh, Moroccan members of ICE. Yeah. It was really different. Different elements. The problem of uh, with the police because we have those attacks in the Moroccan Sahara against policemen or against soldiers. So another problem remains so a hot issue. Well, thank you again, uh, Mohammed, for an opportunity to dialogue about this. It uh, underscores again the enduring uh, sort of geopolitical realities of the world. Even the end of the Cold War still has some of these legacies there, uh, and just the challenge of sovereignty, of, of territorial integrity, and Know, national self-determination. These are powerful issues that still with us here today. Uh, here's a protected conflict in the Western Sahara that uh, let's hope it uh, over time gets resolved in a way that you know, can meet the different interests uh, because it's never easy. There's no single simple solution to it that you can get. While Morocco has been putting cards on the table, the other side at this point continues to have a pretty firm position saying, no, we want independence. But that's not as easy as, as one would like to see. Uh, well, thanks again, and I think we'll close on that, uh, this opportunity to join here on Global Connections, uh, joined today by Dr. Mohammed Adina el And thank you for this thank insight, you. and we'll continue the dialogue on the next chance. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us here on Global Connections. 
I'm your host, Carlos Juarez. Uh, join us again for the next episode coming up soon.